Well, uh, this is a little bit of a different Sunday. Uh, if you're going to follow along in your Bible, I will be uh, looking at some passages in 1 Thessalonians primarily. So 1 Thessalonians is kind of halfway to the end of the New Testament. But uh, every year, uh, we take a moment, we take a beat to uh, kind of look backwards and see kind of where we've been as a church, who we are, what we focused on, what we accomplished. And then we look forward also to what we believe that the Lord is calling us to do as, as well, what we're hoping to accomplish and how we're hoping to equip each of us to accomplish that. And so this is, uh, we, we look at this Sunday, this specific Sunday of the year, we call it Legacy Sunday because a legacy is kind of what we've left behind and, and what we're wanting the, the momentum to look like. And so as we look at Legacy Sunday, I want to take a minute and look at First Thessalonians because uh, in it, Paul, the author, uh, he's basically doing what we are planning to do today as well. He, he looks to the past of what happened at the church in Thessalonica. He kind of celebrates some things, but then he says it's not good enough to just stay there. We have to move forward as well. And so kind of the two big pitfalls that, that we could fall into as a church, but you as well and I as well as a family, as an individual could fall into, the, the one pitfall is getting so stuck in the past, the obstacles, the, the trials, the, the frustrations of the past, that we take those traumas, we take those negative stories, and then we kind of, we make them, we identify with them. We become that story, and then we hold it up as a badge, like, well, I am this way because of my childhood. I am this way because you don't know how bad COVID was for my family. I am this way because you don't know, like, we lost our job. And we, yeah, yes, observe the obstacles, but we don't want to get stuck there, do we? And that's not what the Lord wants. The Lord wants you to have a future. He says that he came to give life and life more abundantly. And so we want to celebrate that as well. The second pitfall that we can fall into is that we're so focused on the future and all the could be's and would be's. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to have my own business. I want to open up a car wash, not because I enjoy car washes, but because I enjoy the idea of money coming to me and me doing nothing to earn it, just some passive income. And so we could get so caught up on the future and the what ifs that, that we miss the living right now. And so when we begin this, this, this exercise that we're calling Legacy Sunday, we want to kind of, we want to thread that needle between those two things. We're going to look at the past, but we're not going to live in the past. We're going to look in the future and it, it, you know, God willing, we're going to see some of the things that we're planning come to be, but we're also going to say, here's where we are right now. And what do we need to do to take that next step? Just that one more step of faithfulness, because you and I, we're all called to the same thing. Like you have unique steps that are different than mind. But, but let's just be very clear. What does the Lord want from you? What does the Lord want from your life, from your family? And this is the answer. One more step of faithfulness in the direction that he's calling you. Okay. Your direction may be different. It may be, uh, some of you are going to be missionaries. Some of you are just like, I'm going to be a better husband, better father, whatever. Like you, your next step may be different than my next step, but, but he's not asking you to know the next 20 steps. He's not asking you to know the full plan of, of what you're going to do in your retirement. He is saying to you, I invite you to take one more step of faithfulness towards the Lord. And so that's what we want to look at today. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians, uh, chapter one, Paul, he kind of, he kind of does this thing. Let's, let's read, uh, kind of where he begins. I'm going to start in, in verse two. Paul says this. He says, we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers. That's kind of a cool moment, by the way. If, if you're in the church in Thessalonia, you've met Paul, you, your name is John, your name is Bill, your name is Fred. And like, he writes a letter to you later. He's like, Hey, you know what? Whenever I think about you, I pray about you. I use your names in my prayers as I remember what the Lord has done. And, and I lift you up. He says, I give thanks to you, remembering, uh, you mentioning you in our prayers. Verse three, 
remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. When, when Paul begins his letter in 1 Thessalonians, what he is saying, he, he says, before I tell you all the things that we're about to do, I just want to remember what's already happened. I want to remember like what you've accomplished. You have received the Lord and he came in power and you guys saw some stuff. You guys remember some stuff, right? And so I would love to be a fly on the wall in that church receiving that letter for the first time. Like what you got to know someone elbows, someone's like, hey, you remember that time? Remember that time that you spoke in courage? Remember that time you prayed for your marriage and your marriage was healed? remember that, they would, they would probably share these stories back and forth. I, I wonder what would happen if you as an individual, you as a family, you just took a beat, like maybe, maybe 20 minutes today at some point, and you just asked the question, what did the Lord accomplish in me and in my family in 2022? Because, because if, if you see the same memes that I see, you know, there's always like this meme of like, hey, I made it out of 2022. And it's like the black eye person with like a missing tooth and the thumbs up, you know, like I barely made it. Everybody's talking about like it's a dumpster fire. Every year since 2020 has just been this big tragedy, big tragedy. We, we highlight that. But, but what has the Lord accomplished in your life? Have you, have you taken note of that? Uh, it may be worth it for you to literally write it on a sheet of paper and put it in your wallet or something so that, you know, come March when, when it's stressful again and you're forgetting what the Lord has done, you, you see that note and it reminds you like, the, the Lord's been faithful to me. Why would I assume now that he's going to forget to be faithful to me? And so we want to remember some of our accomplishments. Uh, here at Carpenter's Way, I want to remember some of the accomplishments that, that we've seen, that we've celebrated. Uh, in, in the last year, we saw eight new people uh, come and, and be baptized. They confessed Jesus as Lord as new believers, and, and they went out and professed their faith in Jesus by being immersed in water and, and coming back out. We celebrated that as a church. We had 10 new families joined Carpenter's Way last year through through Cornerstone. Some of you have joined Carpenter's Way, you just haven't gone to Cornerstone yet, right? So you're just like, I'm here, I've been here for a while, uh, I'm not going anywhere. But but we had 10 new families, like, you know what, that new members class, I want to be a part of that, I want to, I want to join uh, that way. Uh, this past year at Carpenter's Way, we were looking at some of the things that we lost and slowed down during COVID, uh, and, and two big ones that just like they were vibrant, and then COVID hit, and we needed to reboot was our men's ministry and our women's ministry. If, if you have been to any of the men's ministry events, the, the work days, the coffees, if you've uh, been to the women's ministry uh, retreats and uh, the Bible studies that they have right here, those were some things that like we didn't see after COVID until, until this year. And so we were able to, to reboot that. Something that has drawn my family to Carpenter's Way before before I was on staff, before I was pastor, I was just like you. I was a member. I was like checking out this church. I, I don't know. Turns out if you hang out long enough, they'll just put you on stage and say, hey, teach something. But uh, w- one of the first Sundays that we came was what Carpenter's Way calls Crossover Sunday. And it was it blew my mind. Like At the time, I had never seen a church do it. Since then, I've, I guess once you're aware of a thing, you see it elsewhere. But this was a Sunday that we came to Carpenter's Way, my family and I, and, and we go to work out in the community. Community. We had two crossover Sundays last year, and we got to serve on a Sunday instead of worshiping in our normal way, which is this, you know, in, the, in a room with, with teaching and song and prayer. Um, we got to worship through uh, work clothes on, sweating. We, we served um, Hope Clinic. We served Harvest House. Uh, Hope Clinic, you'll hear about more next week. Uh, Harvest House is an organization in Beaumont that serves uh, trafficked young women, young men. Um, we served uh, Groves Little League. 
League. We, we served uh, Port Nature's Little League. Um, uh, probably a half dozen families or so. We got to go and like mow yards and put tarps on roofs, things like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. It, it, anybody here, were you here for any of these crossovers? Isn't this like one of the best, funnest things to, to do? Uh, we get to celebrate that. We want to remember what the Lord accomplished uh, those, those days. Uh, just being a church in the middle of Mid-County, we sometimes get a knock on the door. And it's a family. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm hurting. I need, I need help with A, B, C, D, whatever they need help with. We've had dozens. I, we don't keep a, a tally, but I would say 20 plus people uh, who have come and said, hey, can, can you help me? Can you help my family get out of a bind? And every time it was an easy, yes, we can help because of your giving and because of what you've contributed to. The funds are there to meet those financial needs, but also the opportunity to speak life to people, to, to sit across from a young woman who has been so burned out on church and to just share the gospel is, is powerful. Uh, and we got to do that so many times this, this, uh, this past year. Um, and then, then we've kind of kicked off two new ministries. I'm going to move along here in a second, but two new ministries that we started in this last year was uh, our young adults. If you know someone who's between the ages of 18 to 25, um, we just haven't had anything that they could go to. After they graduate, graduate high school, it's like, okay, well, what's, what's for me? Well, uh, now the young adults have been meeting for a semester. They're going to be meeting again. Uh, there's a Bible study that meets weekly. They, they go play board games and they celebrate what the Lord is doing. They're, they're driving each other to more growth. This is something that's worth celebrating. But Paul didn't just say, hey, remember the accomplishments, you know, the end to my letter. What what does he go to next? Verse uh, four, we'll pick up. He says, for we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. How, How do you know that? Well, because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, or Achaia, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, he, he says, look, we know that the Lord came to you, we know that the, the word moved in you because we saw it in action. We saw it move. We saw you grow in the Lord. But that, that one word in verse, verse uh, six, it says, it says that, that you've received the word in much affliction. You know, a lot of us, we, we see an obstacle. We see affliction. We see suffering as a sign, a big red flag that the Lord doesn't want us to move into that. It must be something I'm doing wrong. It must, it must be that my suffering is a symptom, must be that God isn't blessing me, that maybe I don't have enough faith in this moment or, or whatever. But Paul, he sees it the opposite direction. He says that, that your perseverance in the gospel church in Thessalonica, your perseverance despite the obstacles, even through the obstacles, is a sign that the Lord was moving. He even says in verse uh, 7, he says, because of you experiencing this affliction, he says, so that you became an example to all the believers. Uh, oh, excuse me, it's verse 6. But you became imitators of us and of the Lord, that you're kind of copying the Lord Jesus in that you persevered through your afflictions. I, I wonder... If you as an individual and as a family would pause sometime in this week and maybe even today and just look back, okay, take note. What obstacles did you face as a family? What afflictions did you experience and how did you respond to them? 
What if, what if your afflictions weren't symptoms of your lack of faith in the Lord, but what if your afflictions were, were moments where the Lord proved to you his own faithfulness? He proved to you that he was good despite your circumstances, despite what the doctor said, despite that letter you got in the mail. We're all one phone call away from our whole day going completely sideways. And I think many of us had that phone call this year, right? Uh, but is the Lord good? Yes. Is the Lord faithful? Yes. Can you see now, being on the back end of those afflictions, that he was faithful, not just before and after, but also during? If the answer is yes, then you are resonating with what Paul says right here, is that your obstacles can point to a beautiful goodness of who the Lord is. There's, there is a treasure buried deep in those afflictions. And so what Paul does here is that he identifies some obstacles that they faced. He comes, he preaches the gospel at the church in Thessalonica. He says, hey, I know that you received it with power. That was awesome. Yay, you guys. Uh, but there were some obstacles, and, and let's pause and think about that. I've done some research. I don't know what obstacles they had. I think, I think it's kind of agreed upon. Nobody knows what obstacles he's actually talking about specifically. But I can tell you that we've had obstacles. I know that my family has had obstacles this year. And as a church, we have had one major obstacle the entire year of 2022, and that is unpredictable finances. Just the, the way that money works. And let me, let me be very clear about this. Like, it gets a little crazy because people are like, oh, the preacher's talking about money. I know what he's about to do. You don't. You don't know what I'm about to do. Uh, I, I get, I get my palms start sweating. I am not the guy who's like, I need to talk about money. We need to preach on money. It's just, it's just not my style. But let me be very honest with you. If I'm going going to look at what obstacles we faced and overcame in 2022, it is the same for this church as it was for our family and all of our families. T tell me if this isn't true of your family, your household last year. Did your dollar go half as far in 2022 as it did in 2021? Yes, right? Uh, my, my wife and I, Ashley, we were looking at uh, groceries just last night. A loaf of bread was over $3. And we're just like, well, we have no choice. Like we have to pay, like the price of everything has gone up. The, the ability to get things done has slowed way, way down. Uh, the last time I looked at it, we had an inflation rate of something like 12%. So in the last year, your dollar, according to this, goes 12% I don't know, less far. I don't know how to say that in English. Uh, all the, all the economists got me. Okay. Like you guys know you're crunching the numbers. It just doesn't go as far. And, and what we're seeing is as a church, we face the exact same economic climate as we faced as a community. So one question you might be asking is if, if that was been a struggle this whole time, how, how have we not heard about that yet? If you've been going to Carpenter's Way for a while, you might be wondering like, okay, why hasn't, why haven't we talked about that from the pulpit? Well, one is it's not super visible. Uh, in fact, the most visible thing that we had to cut as, as elders and we met, uh, golly, we met four or five times in the last year to work on a new budget. You, you don't know this, but we actually developed three budgets for the year 2022 to try to figure out what, what is the Lord calling us to do in this moment? The most visible cut was Frosty Frenzy. How many of you noticed, like, we didn't have Frosty Frenzy this year. What, what happened to that? Well, as we're looking at the finances, it's very difficult to say, well, one thing needs to be cut and another thing needs to be kept. But, but we're planning to keep Frosty Frenzy for the, for the coming year. Why haven't you heard about it? The reason is this. Um, when we look at the, uh, the giving, the, the income that's coming in, what we've noticed is that it's, it's trending down, that it trended down uh, through the year, not what we expected, and it became unpredictable. But this other number comes to life, is that the number of families at Carpenter's Way that are giving towards the mission of Carpenter's Way has actually gone up. 
Okay, so uh, one, one thing that is, uh, I think most churches do this, but there's nobody in this building that knows who gives and who doesn't. You could have given $10,000 last year in one sitting, and you could have given like a bag of clothes to donate, and I wouldn't know you from anybody. I just don't know these, these numbers. In fact, someone did give $10,000 in one sitting, and someone did give a bag of clothes. Thank you both for that giving. They both went to accomplish uh, the goal, but we don't know. What I do know is that as we anonymize the numbers, the number of families that are giving are going up, and the amount that's being given is going down, which tells me this. This isn't a heart issue. The people of Carpenter's Way, you, us, we get like the mission is moving forward, and we are giving towards that um, because the number of people are going up. This isn't a heart issue. This is an economic issue. This is not a discipleship issue. If it were a discipleship issue, then you would have a sermon on giving right now. That's not what this is, right? Uh, what I'm telling you is that despite the economic climate, we've continued to give, and we've continued to see the Lord move. Most of you did not know that there was any, like, you know, budget shortfalls. Most of you did not know that we were discussing differences in the budget. And the reason for that is because we're an elder-led church and, and they, they met, they prayed, and we saw what the Lord could accomplish. Let me, let me end this obstacle thing by, by landing the plane with this. Um, if you're hearing me right now and you're thinking, okay, I, I feel, I feel like I'm supposed to give. I feel like Jesse's telling me like he's, he's, he's about to like make a big ass like you're supposed to give more. You're, you're hearing me wrong. Okay. In fact, uh, second Corinthians chapter nine, if you want to go back and read that, it says this about giving that if you feel compelled to give, if someone is compelling you to give, that is a clear sign from God not to give in that moment. If you feel guilty, like, like I don't want to give, but I'm going to begrudgingly, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says again, that's a clear sign from God not to give. You're not supposed to give begrudgingly or uh, by, by being compelled to give. But, it, but if, if you don't know this, you, you need to hear this really quick. Um, there are a lot of ways to worship our Lord God. We worship him through song. You're worshiping him right now by just listening to his word being taught. Uh, we worship him through prayer. We worship him through fellowship. And one of the ways that Americans tend to have forgotten how to worship is through giving. If you know that the Lord is moving in a direction, you see God's people moving towards a, a mission, and you think, I want to partner with that, but I don't have the time, let me encourage you to give towards that. It is an act of worship to tithe. Uh, and if, if that's new information to you, then, then we should talk. Ask, ask some questions. We'll, we'll chat. But let's, let's keep going. Verse 8. We've looked at these accomplishments. We looked at these obstacles. Here's what he says, beginning in verse 8. He says, For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. You know, as Paul is kind of working through this, he says, he says, you, you guys, you, you kept to the main point. The main point of all of this is that Jesus is worth it. That last song that we sang is we know who to trust and his name is what? His name is Jesus. We worship Jesus because he died. He, uh, he was, he rose again. He died my death and he rose again and he gives me righteousness. He's made all of this worth something. And, and I wonder, as Paul is done right here, he's focused, he says, he says, you guys paid attention to the main point. I wonder as, as a family, as an individual, if I just look back on this last year, where did I focus on the main point, Jesus? Where did I lose focus on the main point, Jesus? 
Where did I focus on the main point, Jesus, and, and, and kept him where he belongs? And where did I lose sight of that and thought, you know, I need to be busier. I need to work harder. I need to be smarter. I need to put more hours down. I need to provide more for my family and, and diluted the main point. I would invite you maybe as an individual and as a family, like, do you understand that the Lord Jesus is the main point? Has that been reflected in your life and the choices that you've made and how you've treated people in the last year? Is that going to be part of your decision-making for the coming year? Uh, here at Carpenter's Way, our, our mission statement, uh, and we repeat this often around here, is that we believe our mission is to influence our community with the grace and truth of who? Of Jesus Christ. If, if we lose our way, and churches do this all the time, if we lose our way, then it becomes about how big we're going to be. It becomes about our next building project. It becomes about how uh, inspirational the preaching was. It, we can lose our way in so many different ways as a church, but we need to remember that Jesus is our main point. When, when you read the, the letter of uh, Revelation, at the very beginning of the book of Revelation, um, there are seven letters to the churches. And to the church in Ephesus, uh, Paul, uh, or excuse me, John, the author of that, he, he says, you've done this right, you fed, the, you fed the poor, you took care of the needy, you, you widows, but you, this I have against you, you've forgotten your first love. They forgot that Jesus was the main point. It was a great sounding church, but then they, they just forgot the gospel. They forgot the, the basics of it. Um, here, here at Carpenter's Way, if, if you go back and just look through some of the sermons, I can show you this thread of the gospel from, for the last 18 months of just straight teaching. If you go, uh, if you come in and listen to the student ministry, you're going to hear Matt or whoever he has teaching that, that Wednesday preaching and teaching the gospel to our teenagers. If you go down the hall and you, you have children in the children's department with Micah, you're going to find out that he is teaching them the same gospel that you are hearing about in here. Everything that we are doing at Carpenter's Way is an exercise in focusing on the main point. We may, we may lose Frosty Frenzy for one year, but we did not lose the main point that Jesus Christ is worth it. And it's in his name that there is power. We can feed every, every homeless person in mid-county and forget the gospel and we miss the mark. But we could be broke and have the lights turned off, but preach the gospel and we've accomplished everything the Lord has set out for us to accomplish. The truth is, is that it does not require money to be faithful to the Lord because why? Jesus is the main point, not our budgets, right? So whatever, whatever's happening in your life financially, whatever's happening in your life, uh, with your family, people moving off and an empty nester, what, whatever. Keep the main point. If you lose it, things get off balance. Jesus is the main point. The last thing that Paul does, he remembers the accomplishments. He identifies the obstacles. He focuses on the main point and celebrates that they do that. If you fast forward to chapter four, he kind of, he's, he has a, it's worth reading, but, but we're not going to read the whole letter of Thessalonians. He has this, this way of landing the plane. It's not good enough just to look at the past, the good and the bad. We got to look forward. He says in verse one, he says, finally then brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing. It's like, hey, I'm not saying you're not doing it, but just as you're doing that you do so more and more. We, we can, we run into a, a, a flaw when we look back on all of our accomplishments. We look back on the last year and we celebrate it so much so that we just stop right now. 
If you as an individual or as a family is like, my marriage is so strong, it's awesome, I love it, and then beginning January 1st, you just stop talking to your spouse, it's not going to work out, right? You have to continue to work on your relationship with people. Your job was so good, you went for that promotion, you, you interviewed for that thing, everything's gone great in 2022, but if you just rest on your laurels and you're like, you make no more sales, you show up late to work in January, it's not, you have to continue working at it. As, a, as an individual, as a family, what does it look like for you to press forward? Now, mo- most of us, uh, as the new year begins, we, we start with our New Year's resolutions and we, all we think about is forward, 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 but, but what, what does that look like for you? A lot of churches, as they begin a new year, um, they're going to they're gonna develop a big, hairy goal, uh, like their big goal. This is the big thing that we're going to accomplish. And if, if you ask around or if you listen to sermons, just turn on, turn on a bunch of them. They, they're good ones. And I believe that the Lord is calling those individual churches to those things. Uh, you're going to see goals about this is the year that we're going we're gonna to plant a new campus somewhere. This is the year that we're going to have a new building project. This is the year that we're going to get double the people in the room. We're going we're gonna to have three more services. Those are all great goals. Um, faster, bigger, smarter, more, more, more. Those, those are great goals. I just feel like the Lord is calling Carpenter's Way in a different direction. Uh, our big hairy goal uh, for this year, the one, the one that I'm planning to work for and I would invite you to prayerfully uh, join in on is a much slower goal. Not bigger, not faster, slower, closer. The word that I want to look at this year is this word closer. I believe that the mission of Carpenter's Way for this year and maybe even for you know far into the future is that we become the hub for anybody anybody in Mid-County who wants to be closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would find a way to do that here. They can, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. If, if you know nothing about Jesus, you've never even heard of Christianity, you, know nothing, you don't even know what a gospel is, this would be the place that you can come and you can get clarity about who Jesus is and get closer to him. If, if you uh, find yourself just far from God for whatever reason, you, you've made decisions and you've run away from him, and then you wake up one morning and you think, I don't know how to get back to him. I remember having a beautiful, wonderful relationship with God, and I don't know how to get back to God. How do I get closer to God? I want us to be the place where we have a map for how you can get from where you are back to a right relationship with your Lord. If, if you're someone who has been burned out on the church, you went to church, you volunteered for everything, and, and this, the, the season of just burnout hits, and you crash and you burn, maybe, maybe even some people who were on staff, and there were pastors and ministers at a church, and they're just like, I can't, I, I'm, I'm almost disgusted by the group of people that call themselves the church, but I want a good, close relationship with my Lord. I want Carpenter's Way to be that hospital, that oasis that they can come to and rest and find their way back to the Lord, just a meaningful, deep relationship with the Lord. And maybe, maybe some of you have, have been hurt by the church, or you know people who like, they're, 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 it's, it's there. It's like, a, it's like a spiritual trauma that they're carrying around. And because of that, you ask them, like, what is your stance with the Lord? It's like, you know, I love Jesus, but I can't stand Jesus as people. I don't like Christians. You know, kind of those, those lines of thinking. I want us to be the place where they can find healing, and they can get closer to the Lord. And the last group, and I think this a fear, this may be most of, of the people who will say yes in this room. So I want us to find people that they, they're not mad at the church. They're not, they're not angry. They're not hurt. They've just plateaued. They've, they've grown to a point. And if you ask them, it's been 
10 years, 15 years since anything new has happened in their faith. It's just, I'm, I'm as dry as I've ever been and I feel like I'm never going to take another step forward. I want us to be the place where you know where the next place to climb is, that we become a spot where even those who have plateaued in their growth in the Lord can grow closer to the Lord. The, the big hairy goal for us this year is what does it take for us to move from this point that we're in right now, wherever that is, to be closer to the Lord as the year progresses? Um, I want to look at a couple of things, so a couple of tools that we want to we want to give to you, and things that we're considering as a church uh, as we close out. Um, one is uh, everybody knows, like if I said, "How do you get closer to the Lord?" and I, we just did a poll real quick, everybody's gonna be like, "Hey, I need to pray." Uh, nobody in the history of ever has ever walked into church to be like, "I don't think I'm supposed to pray." Everybody believes in prayer, right? Uh, but it's one of those things that it's just difficult to remember to do. It's uh, I don't, sometimes I'm praying. Uh, don't sh- I don't need a show of hands, but I. Want I wonder if I did, uh, how many of us would agree? Like sometimes I'm praying and like I just like in the middle of a sentence, I just forget what I'm doing and I start doing like the shopping list. Like my mind, I can't focus. I don't know how to stay into it. How can I stay involved in that? Well, um, there's there's a lot of things we can do, but one one thing that I want to give you is a bookmark, and you can find this in the outpost. This is a a, a weekly rhythm of prayer, um, and each day of the week has a different thing that you can pray for. And somebody in here, the rule follower in here is like, Jesse, but it's Monday and I really want to be praying for my friends instead. I can't do that until Friday. It's okay. Like pray for whatever you want, right? Uh, but, but as you're praying, as you're just committing to the Lord, here, here's what I would invite you to do. Pick a time in the day. Maybe it's your drive to work. Maybe, maybe it's just, you know, the first 10 minutes when you wake up. Maybe it's the last 10 minutes before you go to bed. Just pick a time and set that time, like an alarm on your clock. I mean, set the time. And when that alarm goes off, it's like, oh, I'm supposed to pray. Shoot, what am I supposed to pray for? Well, today's Sunday. Um, that's a good suggestion. I'm going to pray to forgive some people. Maybe ask the Lord to forgive me. That each day of the week has a different prompt to pray, uh, to kind of jumpstart your prayer. And then as you're praying to God, maybe God says, you know what? I really want you to be praying for your boss because he was kind of mean to you and you were mean back. And then, you know, I say love your enemies and you know what I mean. So like maybe, maybe your mind wanders and you just let the Lord guide you from that point. But you use this prayer rhythm as a prompt to jumpstart it. Because I think most of you know how to talk to your father. Um, but we just need a reminder, something to, to kind of prod us. So uh, some prayer rhythm, this, this may be helpful to you. Uh, how many, uh, raise your hand, if you use the Bible app, the version Bible app, that's like your go-to? Yes, yes. Well, it turns out that uh, you can uh, register your church on the app. I think that's kind of a newish feature. You, you can put like sermon notes. We, we're, we haven't started doing that yet. But what we have done is that we put Carpenter's Way on there. So if you go into the Bible app and you select churches, you can select your church, and assuming you're, you're here, uh, Carpenter's Way, um, and there's going to be a, be a Bible reading plan. What we're going to do is once a month, we're going to change the Bible reading plan. And then you as a church, if, that, if, that's, your, if that's your jam, like I always use the app, that's the way I get my devotionals, then you're reading the same Bible reading plan as other people in your church, and you have a shared dialogue through that. Uh, it's uh, just another, it's very similar to this, read what you want in the Bible. Like, hey, Jesse, I want to read John, and it doesn't say I can read John. You can read John, right? Uh, but if you need something like, I don't know where to begin, I just need something to help me get started, that may be your next step, is uh, the Bible app reading plan. Uh, we have some plans for a uh, Facebook private group, uh, and by private group, it just it's not the stuff that goes out to everybody. If, you're, if you 
are close to Carpenter's Way, uh, you can be in there. And what we want to do in a private group is have discussions. Uh, I don't know if you are in groups on Facebook, but there's a lot of uh, room for discussions. And uh, maybe maybe these Bible reading plans come up. Maybe the prayer requests can be in there, but you'll see some more about that as they come out. We have some materials uh, that are free uh, right down the hall. You, you can get them. Um, every every follower of Jesus, if, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus, if you've been following Jesus for 10 minutes, 10 years, or a couple of decades, you have a story that's worth telling. In fact, uh, Scripture will teach, not only do you have a story that's worth telling, you have a story that was bought and paid for at a very high price. So it's not even your story. It's owned by Jesus, right? He owns that story, the, the story of your life. Um, in, in older churches, churches that I grew up in, we would call that story your testimony, right? But some people, they don't understand that word. So this is your story about what the Lord has done in your life. Um, it is worth it to you to articulate that story and to tell your story to someone else. It is helpful to you as an individual to learn how to do that, and it's a blessing to them. When you share your story with someone, they hear the same ingredients that they're living in you've already passed through, right? What what if part of your story is this big affliction, this big obstacle that we were talking about earlier, but you're already five years after the moment, and you happen to be talking to someone who they're on day one, and they don't think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I need a way out of this. Uh, I would encourage you to learn how to tell your story. If, if that is intimidating to you, you don't even know where to begin, uh, this book, uh, you, can, you can request a copy of it in the outpost called My Story. It's just like an instruction manual. It tells you like what a testimony is, how to develop one. And if you just follow the prompts, follow the questions, and write down the answers in your notebook, by the time you're finished, you'll have two, three pages, and you can just read it straight through, and you have your testimony. It would be a blessing to your... Listen to this. Uh, uh, grandparents, your, your kids... Your grandkids, they will want to find out how you began following the Lord at some point. It would be a blessing to them. When my grandfather died, I looked for this kind of stuff and I couldn't find it. Uh, it would be, it would be a part of a legacy to leave to them. But this is, this is my story. Another book that's available down the hall uh, is, we call it Nine Marks. Basically, it's this. Um, we, we think that there's a ton of different characteristics of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We picked the hundreds or ever how many that they are and found like nine that we want to not only see in our people, but we want to see repeated over and over again. Uh, if you want a challenge, if you want something to just kind of begin that process, request this book or flip through it. Uh, we can go through that uh, together. For those of you who plateaued in your faith, you're like, I, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I don't know the next step to take. I don't know like how I'm going to, to move forward, but I want to. I want to take the next step. Uh, I just feel dry. I feel like I, d I don't know where to move. There's a book that the staff and the elders are going to be going through. Uh, I would encourage you to, to go buy a copy. It's called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. And all of these will be right here if you want to look at them. Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. Here's, here's what I like about it. Uh, any, any athletes in here? You, you competitive sports, you, okay, nobody. Okay, great. We're, whew, all right. All right, we're going we're gonna to have a new goal for fitness and well-being at Carpenter's Way. Uh, it, it was always fascinating to me when, when I played sports, um, I, I, would, I would miss a tackle, let's say, and the coach would pull me off to the side and he would say something like, hey, Jesse, you did great, you sprinted, but what you need to do is you need to turn your hips from here to here. Why don't you give that a try? It's just that one little modification and it was always right. And it, it fascinates me. People who are able to see those fine-tuned twists and say, that's how you do that. That's how you move forward. What if someone were to do the same thing for your spiritual life? What if someone were to like, okay, you have plateaued in your faith and, and 
like, okay, but have you considered that season of suffering and mining that for the goodness of God? Have you considered, uh, anyway, anyway, I'm not going to explain the whole book. This, this book is that. This book is like a coach who's like, okay, but have you, have you taken this one tweak? I, I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm, I'm 37 years old. I started following the Lord in like fifth grade. Uh, I've been to Bible college. I have a degree in this stuff. And I picked up this book about a year ago. It is life-giving to me and my growth and my faith. I would encourage many of you to consider this, especially those of you who have been following the Lord a while and you're just like, I'm in a dry place. What's next? Maybe check this out. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, other things that we're going to have here at, at Carpenter's Way to help us get closer. Remember our word is closer is, uh, we, we want to be a church that worships well. We w- our worship team, by the way, is amazing at preaching the gospel because me, I'm cerebral. I'm all head. Like I, I, I teach to, to like knowledge base, not so much on the feelings. I don't do feelings. I, I don't understand them all. Right. I don't, I can't even name all of my own feelings, but the worship team, they can sidestep all of the analytics and get to the heart of <laughs> heart of worship. Okay, I apologize for the 90s reference. Uh, but but it, it's great to hear the gospel in a way that, like, I feel that. And so our worship team does, does a great job of that week in and week out. We're actually planning a worship night this coming Wednesday right here. If you want to be a part of that, as we're kicking off community groups, we're getting ready to do that. But before we get to the busyness of all of it, what if, what if this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., a group of men and women came, and children too, came and worshiped the Lord uh, as a way to kind of kick off the year? Uh, we're doing that this year. Uh, also on our website is a, a playlist, the Spotify playlist of different worship songs that you've heard played here, or worship songs that we like. If if you like, I just need more of that in my life. Go to our website, follow the playlist and listen to it on, on your own. We believe that uh, you can get closer to the Lord by getting closer to the Lord's people. Does that make sense? It's a real simple metric. I don't know how to get close to God. Well, that's because you're trying to be a hermit on the side of a mountain. Just go find some people who follow Jesus and walk around and look like them, act like them, sound like them. You will get closer to the Lord, right? And one of the ways that we prescribe doing that at Carpenter's Way is with community groups, discipleship groups that we meet in homes. We're going to be having uh, our next Converge, not this Wednesday because it's the worship night, the following Wednesday. We're going to meet at the courtyard in Groves. We did this last semester. We have a meal. You're going to see all the community groups. You're going to see where they're studying, where they're going to be, and you can pick one. Or you can just be like, I want the gumbo or whatever they're having. Then come and eat it, right? Just come come and enjoy that. But that Converge is uh, Wednesday the 18th. Um, I'm low on time. Uh, we want to focus on evangelism. Uh, we want to focus on serving and missions. Listen, uh, if, if you uh, love... Uh, our, our crossover Sundays, or you love just mission trips in general, and you want to be a part of a team that's steering it, do me a favor, grab a yes card in the seat in front of you and say, I want to be a part of that and then drop it in the box so we know. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to try to do some things a little different with crossovers and with missions, but we're not going to stop doing them because the Lord says, you know, like it's not just about what we bring in. It's like we have to, we have to be a blessing to others. How, how foolish would we be? If all we did was grab the Lord's blessings and hold them and hoard them like a bunch of hoarders, right? Uh, but to, to live this life is we, we go and we give, we give. Um, two more things. Uh, there's a sermon notebook. If, if you're cerebral and you're like, I want to keep a journal, uh, we give this away for free out in the hallway. It's just a way to take notes and ask some questions and keep a log of it. And the last is uh, this book. 
uh, I'm considering this for anyone who's like kind of new to faith. Uh, I'm, I'm new to following Jesus and, uh, I need to, I need to know how to have this conversation. Uh, I'm considering having like a, maybe a Facebook live group where we kind of go through this book on a weekly basis. Um, if that interests you at all, you're like, Hey, I'm kind of new to Christianity as a whole. Uh, maybe flip through the contents of this and this sounds interesting to you. Maybe write that on a yes card so I know. I don't want to do this if this isn't a blessing to anybody, but I think that this would be helpful. All that is is to say, we know where we're going this year at Carpenter's Way. We know where we've been. We want to celebrate what the Lord has done, but we don't want to rest on that. We want to see uh, the Lord move, not just in Carpenter's Way, but we want to see him move in Mid-County. We want to be a blessing to every church in our community. When we see churches that are planting, I know of a church that's planting, we want to pray for them. When we see churches that are struggling, we want to pray for them. I just talked to somebody this morning. Two churches are merging, and they're becoming one church. We want to celebrate what the Lord is doing. Why? Because we're not in gangs, right? We're the church of God. This is the kingdom of God, and it's worth seeing it move because I don't know any other name under heaven by which anybody's going to be saved. There's not going to be any healing unless Jesus is promoted and proclaimed. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to read something and then, and then pray. Ephesians chapter 3. Actually, I'll just read it from the screen to save time. As, as we consider what the Lord can do, as we consider our plans, as you consider your plans, I want you to, to rest on this truth. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, he, he's able to do more than you've even thought about praying for. You know what you want for your family and you pray for? He can do far more than that. His imagination outpaces yours and mine. According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Every one of these plans that I've outlined, they could fail, but we're going to continue to promote the name of Jesus. And may his name be glorified. He can do far more abundantly than we've ever dreamed, but we're going to celebrate what he's done. I would ask you to commit to do the same as a family. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll be dismissed. Father, Father, we, we come to you, um, and we give, we give our plans to you as, a, as an offering. We give our obstacles and our sufferings and our trials to you as an offering. Um, to use and to do with as you please. You, you, you have paid a high price for our lives and our worship and our dedication. Lord, uh, help, us, help us to hold them with a very loose grip, but, but never cease to dream and plan. Father, I pray that you would lay on us dreams and plans and prayers for our family that are bigger than anything we've, we've prayed so far. Um, may you remove from us the fear uh, that prevents us from praying those big, scary prayers. Lord, we want to see you move in power in our community and in our families. Um, and we're, we're along for the ride, whatever you would like to do. I'll pray a blessing over the, the men and women in this room. Lord, I pray that you bless their families, bless their hearts to be focused on you, to be focused on the main point of Jesus Christ, uh, to not be troubled or uh, overwhelmed by the burdens and obstacles, and to always be willing to take that next step of faith, that next step of obedience towards you. I pray that you would uh, grow that in us and you would cultivate that in our hearts. We love you. Uh, we pray for the work that you're doing here in Mid-County, uh, not just at Carpenter's Way, but at every church in our community. May we uh, know what you're doing there better and uh, more clearly and to continue to celebrate that and pray for your work there as well. We love you and pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed.